This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. His presence, my priority. His presence, my priority. Priority has reference to correct order, special attention, precedence, the greatest importance. According to Psalm number 42, stanza one, the A portion of that scripture says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Ooh, he sounds excited. Psalm number 63, stanza one, the A portion says, Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. These are Psalms of David. David, the king that we're talking about, the great king that slew the giant. He had a relationship with God, and he understood the importance of making God's presence his priority. Psalm number 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I love this psalm. It's a very familiar psalm. After we learned Jesus wept, wasn't this the next psalm? We had to snuck scripture. We had to learn to memorize and We say it sometimes so rotely. We forget the real importance or we forget to pick up the principles along the way. David began to boast on his Lord and boast upon his God and begin to talk about God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down and green pastures. He just began to testify of God's goodness. Then he got all the way to stanza four. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. That means we're going to go through some stuff. Just because we're Christians, born again, attend church, tongue talking, faithful givers, and all that does not mean that we're exempt from going through challenges. God never said that we wouldn't go. As a matter of fact, he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them out of them all, out of all of them. So he never told us that we were exempt from trouble, but he did tell us that we were equipped when we were going through trouble. So after all of this boasting that David is doing here, when we get to Psalm number four, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And something switches right here. The light comes on. There's a whole shift in the whole song. The whole song that 
David has dedicated to the Lord shifts right here in this stanza. He says, for thou art with me. Wait, what? First, he was talking about God. And in the middle of it, he starts talking to God. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall, he maketh me, right? Then he said, when I'm going through difficulties, you're with me. You're riding. He stopped talking. He forgot about everybody else. It went from a horizontal phrase to a vertical phrase. He began to envision himself in the presence of God. When I'm going through stuff, I don't have to worry about it because the helper is with me. He says, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. And he goes on to talk to God and not just talk about God. I found out for myself that when you go through difficulties, when you go through hard times, that's when the raw really meets the rubber and you really find out who's who. Have you ever really went through something and the people you just thought you knew were going to be, they were but maybe somebody that you didn't even recognize that was in your corner, they were there with you every step of the way. You really find out the character of a person. You really find out who's who when you're going through. He says, when I'm going through, it looks like the valley of the shadow of death. I don't got to worry about it because I acknowledge your presence. He literally went from talking about God to talking to God. His presence, my priority. I have to make his presence my priority. This word presence has reference to existence, reality, breath, companionship or omnipresence always there the always there presence presence has reference to his existence his existence is with me the reality of who he is is with me his breath is with me breath has reference to the who I am spirit his spirit is with me his essence his companionship is with Priority defined, of course, these are Pastor Andrea's definitions, is the correct order of things that should attention precedence and the, the thing that is most important. So I have to make his presence my priority. We sing this song, and I should have teach, I should have had them sing it tonight. When they sing, they say, I don't want to talk about you. Not in the room. I wanna look like I don't wanna talk about you like you're not in the room. I wanna look like you and I wanna sing right to it has reference to and reality. None of us want to be ignored. Have you ever seen somebody when you were in the store and you know that y'all looked eyeball to eyeball and then they turned? And act as 
didn't see you. That makes you feel some kind of way. Have you ever been at the service desk? Maybe at the customer service desk, you have a situation. You at the customer service desk, they just prancing back and forth doing everything else. Not, don't they have enough knowledge you haven't said just while I'll be right with you or anything? You feel something, you people want to say, <coughs> you want to clear your throat or something, acknowledge me. Come on. How often do we do that to God? We want to talk about him, but we're not talking to him. And we're not acknowledging his presence. His presence, my priority. God will never force his presence on you. Never. He's a perfect gentleman. He's never going to force his presence on you. And the indicator light will tell you when you're in trouble if you can take him or leave him. If he's an option, if anything better than being in his presence comes up, then you there. If you can take him or leave him, you have already left. Listen to me. He must be the most valuable thing going on in your life. Psalm number 16, stanza 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. you got to get a revelation that in his presence, nothing is impossible. Nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing is impossible in his presence. The main thrust isn't that nothing is impossible. The main thrust is in his presence, in his presence, his presence, my priority. In ministry school yesterday, I was talking to the first-year students, and I, and I was giving it to them this way. I said, if my grand loves, Taj, Izzy, Judah, Zion, Carson, uh, Vance, and Ellis all invited me to Chuck E. Cheese's. Grand love, come to Chuck E. Cheese's with us. We just want you to spend a day with us at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm going, and I'm taking my purse with me. So when I get to Chuck E. Cheese, my purse is with me. Y'all have anything you want. Get as much pizza, play as many games as you want, because I'm just blessed that you wanted to be in my presence. Are you listening to me? But this is what we do. We want you to come. Did you bring your purse with you? Oh, you did? Okay, well you, you can go on and go now. Just leave your purse here. Because we're after his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, -E and not his presence. Listen to me. His presence, my priority. I have to get a revelation that in his presence, is fullness of joy. In his presence is everything that I need. And I cannot be blindsided or distracted by anything else. I have to make his presence my priority. I need two more scriptures till I get to my meat of what I want to say. Isaiah chapter 41, stanza 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. I am who is I am. So he left the line blank. Whatever you need him to be, that who he is. So he says, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right 
hand. Let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 2. I didn't plan for this, but y'all know. I'm, I'm going to get in. I'm going to jump in and jump out because y'all know how I am with Genesis. I jump in and jump out. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being or a speaking spirit. Remember I said his presence is his breath? He breathed himself into man's nostrils. And at the revelation of God's presence, his essence, his reality was breathed into the man. Man opened up his mouth, and I can only imagine he just started blessing the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that's within me. Bless your holy name. When he came in contact with the presence of the almighty God, he immediately began to bless him. Verse 8 says, the Lord planted a garden in the eastward of Eden, and there he put the man who, whom he had formed. So let's get a revelation. God breathed into man's nostrils, his breath, his presence. He breathed his presence into the man because he desired to be so intimate with man, he breathed his no into man's nostrils, his essence. And man became, became a speaking spirit. Then God put him in Eden. He positioned him. He strategically placed him in Eden. Eden has reference to God's captivating presence. We only think of Eden as a place, as a, a geographical location. But Eden has reference to that place of intimacy where I'm face to face, eyeball to eyeball, incomplete and total mesmerizing, captivating presence of the Lord. That is where man belongs. And in that place, any and everything that man will need or ever need is found right there in God's mesmerizing presence. Am I making faith to anybody. We're so busy reaching beyond his P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E -E -E to get his presence at the expense of his presence. Come on. When God is with us, when we're in his presence, everything that he has, everything that he is, is on the scene with us. So I don't have to beg for anything. Listen, I don't have to be impatient for anything. Because as long as I'm in his presence, everything that I need is in his presence. His presence, my priority. Let's read in 2 Samuel where we left off. I'm out of time. <laughs> Let me just borrow 10 minutes. Let me just borrow 10 minutes. Oh, it's too good. In Second uh, Samuel chapter 6, we begin to talk about David gathered of the choice men, 30,000, and David arose and went, to the, went with all the people with him um, from Hale, Judah, to bring from there the ark of God, whose name is called the name of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubs. 
I don't know if TJ still has the, the graphics that we have from Sunday of the Ark of the Covenant. The whole principle of this passage of scripture, and I encourage you to go back and read it for yourself. Never take the word of a preacher unless he or she can qualify it in the word of God. Go back and read this chapter and get a revelation of what is happening here. The Ark of the Covenant had been in the house of Abinadab. God wanted it in Jerusalem. God said, I want my name to be there. Wherever his name is, that's where his presence is. That's where his per person is, and that's where his power is. When you call on the name of Jesus, it's a whole bunch of Jesuses and a whole bunch of Jesuses. I ain't trying to call them. I'm calling the presence of God. So when I call the name, I'm calling the presence. When I call the presence, I'm calling the person. When I'm calling the person, I'm calling his power. When I'm calling his power, I'm calling, calling his prosperity. All of it comes on the scene with him. That's why we don't take the name of Jesus in vain. Because he comes on the scene with all of his stuff. And in essence, you say, I was just playing. What? Everything you needed came with his presence. So God said he wanted his presence in Jerusalem, okay? So they're taking the ark from the house of Abinadab to Jerusalem. So the Ark of God, let me explain what the Ark of God is or the Ark of the Covenant. According to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4 in the Living Bible, it's the golden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, completely covered on all sides with pure gold. Inside the Ark were tables of stone with the Ten Commandments written on them, a golden jar with some manna in it, and Aaron's wooden cane that had budded a cane that was broke off from the tree, now it is budding, it is being fruitful. The cane is still being fruitful. The Ark of the Covenant is a facsimile, a facsimile of what God revealed to Moses as the physical representation of his throne in the heavenly realm. It was a totally unique piece, and there was absolutely nothing from Egypt that could ever compare to it. Now, remember what the they had pyramids and all kind of cool stuff in Egypt, but nothing could compare to the Ark of the Covenant. This was completely God's design. So inside of this Ark of the Covenant, it was a wooden chest overlaid with pure gold. The top of it represented the mercy seat, and between the two cherubim who were facing each other represented the presence of God. God often manifested his presence between those cherubs. The Ten Commandments were inside of the Ark of the Covenant. The, in, the Ten Commandments, the second set, which the scripture says God inscribed with his own finger. Remember the first set, Moses got irritated with the people and smashed them down and destroyed them. The second set, God inscribed. Are y'all with me? With his own finger. That was in the Ark of the Covenant. Also inside of the Ark of the Covenant was a golden jar with the manna in it. Remember, they had to get manna every day, but inside this jar, this manna represents God's day-to-day-to-day -day provision that he had for them. In the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod, which budded, and the rod represented, remember, all of the, uh, all of the cool stuff, all the miracles and signs and wonders that happened as they were being de delivered. That's what that rod represented. The Ark represented all of the miracles that God had done on behalf the people. According to Joshua chapter 3 and verse 13 in the God's Word translation, the priests who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, when they stood in the water of Jordan, the water 
flowing from upstream will stop and stand still like a dam so that they can walk through. As long as the priests who were holding the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, as long as their feet were touching the, the earth, the water, the water stand. And then when the priests took the Ark up, then the waters came back together. This represents all of the, the many miracles that God did for them, and they carried the Ark with them throughout their 400 ye or 40 years of wandering in the desert. Wherever they camped, wherever the Israelites camped, the ark had its own separate place. The ark had its own tent, and it was a sacred tent known as the tabernacle. The Christians, I got this from the Britannica.com, uh, Jewish and Christian uh, traditions present the Ark of the Covenant as the physical manifestation of God's presence and supreme power. Ancient Israelites marched the Ark into battle and brought whole cities to their knees because of the Ark, the presence of God. The Ark was so sacred that touching it meant instant death. So we see why this Ark was so important. This ark, this was before Jesus laid his life down and picked it back up. So we didn't have a right to come boldly to his throne. So we had to go where his presence was in case this image represented where the presence of God was. Now, today, with our born-again self, the presence of God lives big on the inside of our hearts. But if we don't acknowledge his presence, if we don't recognize the presence that's there, we'll keep walk, walking past it. Like we don't even see it. Come on. God's presence has to be a priority. We can't walk past the presence of God and act like he's not there. The other day I said, remember my jaw was under attack. I don't have an abscess, don't have a cavity, don't have any jaw problem, nothing was wrong with my jaw. It was an attack. For a whole day and a half, my jaw was hurting. I performed a whole wedding ceremony with my jaw throbbing. I went to a whole wedding reception with my jaw throbbing. And in the middle of the night, I sat up on the side of the bed. I was irritated. I was, I was ready to be done with it. And God said, told me, he said, the healer right here in the bed with you. I didn't even acknowledge the presence of the healer. I was so uber-focused on the pain and how long I've been in pain and what kind of pain is this and, oh, when is this going to be over? I completely didn't regard that the whole healer was there with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. He will never leave you nor forsake you, and you always have to make his presence your priority. I love God. I love him more than anything. But I got sidetracked thinking about the pain. How many times have we gotten sidetracked thinking about, well, how long? When is he coming? When is she coming? When is my promotion coming? When is this? When is that? How long? How long? How many times do we get sidetracked with our agenda instead of looking right at him and seeing like, 
would hurt my heart for my grand loves to say, grand love, meet us at Chuck E. Cheese's and leave your purse and we'll tell you when to come back and get it. Ooh, my feelings would be hurt. But at the thought of them just wanting to be in my presence, just wanting to hang with me, shoot, what, what y'all want, pizza? Order 10 pieces, y'all want games? Order all the games. You can have anything just because you want to be in my presence. All my stuff comes with me. How many times do we reach past the person, reach past his presence for his presence? And we get irritated when it takes too long. We know what happened. A hail went in front of the Ark of the Covenant, Uzzah went behind it. According to the king, now this is King David, the same one that wrote all of these songs. He said, hey, y'all, let's get a new cart. Let's put the ark on it. Because this is probably going to be easier for us to get it to. It's a convenient way for us to get there. Let's just get there. It wasn't necessarily about being in the presence and regarding the presence. It was just about serving. Do y'all understand that Uzzah was serving? But there is a serving that we could do in the presence of the Lord that God ain't even pleased with. He was like, you doing all this serving, you have, you have forgotten my presence. You have forgotten that my Shekinah glory comes between these cherubs. You have forgotten that almighty God, the God of the world, manifests his presence for you right here in between these two cherubim. audacity to reach your hand out and touch it. You ain't even talked to me. Ark had been in the house of Abinadab and Ahel and uh, Uzzah were the sons. They've been walking past the ark every day for however long the ark was there. They were, they were used to seeing it. Oh, the ark about to fall. Let me grab it. God doesn't need your help with anything. The ark would never have toppled over had you done it in God's prescribed manner. There was a prescribed way for them to carry the ark of the covenant. You carry stuff on a cart. I said you carry stuff on a cart. You carry the presence of God on your shoulder and a gold touched by natural hands. You regard his presence. And it doesn't have to be easy for us. Coming into his presence is not always easy. Being in the presence of the Lord is not singing two fast songs and a slow song. That's not coming into his presence. Coming into his presence is when you remember remember who he is and whose I am. I remember what he has done. I, I remember that he's the ancient of days. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Ramola. He's everything that I need in abundance beside. So I remember his presence. That's why in Corinthians, he says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you take this communion, Bring his presence to the forefront of your mind.
sometimes we have the serving at the forefront of our mind, but we don't have who we're serving at the forefront of our mind. Ayo, Uzzah, David had a whole parade marching into Jerusalem with the presence of the Lord on a cart. On a cart that you put stuff. acknowledge the presence I'm not thinking about the presence with the T at the end I just want to be I just want to honor you I just want to respect you I just want to serve you I just want to love you that is the spot that God put man the very next thing he did after he breathed his, his breath into man's nostril is to put him in his presence this mesmerizing, captivating presence. I'm supposed to be so captivated by his presence that I'm not distracted by anything else because the things that distract me take me away from his presence. Am I making face to anybody? Listen to me, I'm going to say something that's going to sound cliche, but you need to catch this revelation. I'm talking to my single sons and daughters. You should be so deep in God's mesmerizing, captivating presence that the only way that you could be found or the only way you can find your mate is by getting in that mesmerizing, captivating presence. This is what we do. We step out of his presence and scroll and find somebody and then try to bring them in the bring them kicking and screaming in his presence. It doesn't work that way. Because you're reaching past him to get his presence with a T on it. I've got to be so deep in God. The only way you can even see is to be deep in God. So if you're deep in God. And he hasn't seen you yet, then just stay deep in God. Because he's got to get deep in God to find you. Am I making face to anybody? David fell out and got mad because Uzzah dropped dead. He got mad and said, I ain't going to take the, I'm not going to take the ark to Jerusalem. Now you're going to stay further in disobedience? You get mad, and I'm not going to, I'm going to leave the ark here. Obed-Edom, can we put him in your house? Can we put the presence of God? Can we put the ark of God in your house? Instead of taking the ark of God, the presence of God, to Jerusalem where he said he wanted his name to be, let us leave it there at your house. Because I don't even, I don't know how, how he expect me to get it there. If people dropping dead, how he expected me to do it? in his mesmerizing, captivating presence. When I stay in his presence, I will be obedient to the minutest degree. Obed-Edom surprisingly said, yes, bring, bring the ark on to my house. Now, you've seen people drop dead when they touch it, and you're like, yeah, bring it to my house. But this is why Obed-Edom wasn't afraid. 
because he was like, I'm going to honor this presence. I'm going to reverence the presence of God. I'm going to worship the presence of God. And I'm not going to act like he's not in the room. Walk past him. The scripture said the ark stayed there for three months. And Obed, Edom, and his whole house, everybody associated with him was blessed beyond measure. So blessed that news spread abroad of how blessed they were because the presence of God was there. And David said, hold up, let me go back and get that ark. Because I remember now that it wasn't just about the presence with the T on the end. It was about his presence. Now this time, I'm going to call the priests who were the ones that were supposed to carry it. And we're going to do it God's way, not my way. And however long it takes to get to Jerusalem, doesn't matter. I'm not on a timetable because I just want to be in his presence. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. And David, he got so captivated in the mesmerizing presence of God, he began to dance before the Lord. The scripture said with all his might, with all his might, to the degree he began to dance out of his priestly garments as he did not care. He didn't care what it looked like to people because now I remember, Lord, forgive me. I disregarded your presence. I treated your presence common. I treated your presence as a common everyday thing. And that was wrong. So I repent. Now I'm coming back. And this is what I love about God. No matter how far off we get and how full of ourselves we get, when we repent and we go back, he's already ready to take us back. He danced with all his might before the people. His priestly clothes start coming off of him. He had given God the, the garment of heaviness for the garment of praise. Everything that he had gone through before, he took it off and had a covenant exchange with God. And his wife, Michal, was looking out the window saying, mm, look at the king. Because she didn't understand his praise. There will be people that don't understand your praise. You couldn't possibly understand my praise if you don't understand my pain. You don't understand what I've been through. You understand that I went through the valley of the shadow of death, but I didn't go through it by myself. Thou art, woo, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. This is not a one-time only thing just to get something. I'm going to be in his presence. His presence, my priority. I'm going to stay in his presence. I'm going to put aside my agenda. I'm going to put aside my timetable. I'm going to put aside my proposal, how I thought it should work out. None of that is important. His presence 
priority his presence he mesmerizes captivating presence in his presence everything I need is in his presence so when I'm in his presence I ain't got to beg for nothing I don't have to ask for nothing I don't have to reach for the Tylenol I don't have to reach for the Advil all I do is reach for his His presence, my priority. Let's pick up on this on Sunday. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church, we're a family.